listening to episode 22, chapter 2 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he helps you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Jeffrey Hughes has a PhD from the University of Glasgow and is Professor of Christian Ministry, Theology, and Culture at Seattle Pacific University. He's also the Executive Director of Pivot Northwest. He's a regular contributor to the Kindling's Muse podcast on theology and culture and is on the editorial board of Literature and Theology. His books include Freedom of the Self, Blur, and Your Neighbor's Hymnal. Cuse lives in Seattle, Washington with his wife, Diana, and their three children. Questions have a remarkable way of getting us to respond. It's easy to ignore statements or even the commands someone is giving. But when we are asked a question, our brains can't help but jump into action, working to provide an answer. We have to spend time and energy working the problem from multiple angles. We invest part of ourselves in coming up with an answer. And this process changes us. We grow because of it. And so when God asks us questions, he knows they will change us if we are willing to wrestle with them. And that's why Jeff Cuse begins his book, Live the Questions, with the first question God asks humanity. How did you come up with these questions? Like, you have eight questions that you explore in the book, and you start with Genesis and We work our way through some of the Old Testament stories and into the New Testament. How did those questions become the questions for you? Yeah, that's a, and that is a really good, good one to land on. Um, It was a bit overwhelming when I started this project. Um, It began uh, really out of a, out of a place where uh, the church that I attend, I was asked to um, fill the pulpit for a few months while the senior pastor was on sabbatical. And I came up with this you know, let, let's do this as a theme. Uh, these questions that are asked in Bible is kind of a sermon series. And then all of a sudden, it's just like the grand coulee dam exploded. And they were just like, where do you begin? I mean, that, that which really convicted me. That I realized I have been looking at the Bible all wrong. I've been looking at it as an answer book. And it's actually much more of a question book. I had never looked at it that way before. So as I started kind of honing it down, I, I started to say, okay, let's just take some representative ones that seem to be thematically tied to each other. And one of the grounding things I looked at was covenant, is like, how is the covenant of God expressed through each of the questions that I chose? So it's a very limited uh, scope for a book. I mean, I could have gone volumes and volumes, uh, but for the purpose of this project, I also want to have a representative um, breadth of the canon of scripture. So there's more questions from the Old Testament than New Testament, and that's intentional. Um, is to show that you know these questions of God have been going on long before we get to the incarnation of Christ, and the fulfillment of, that Christ provides grounds this. And so the Nicodemus question, the woman at the well question, are strong representations of two people who come to faith from very different backgrounds, who's also surprised us by who they are. So, so a little bit was just limit nature, um, but also just trying to kind of have representative questions. Do you think? Um... If the Bible is a book about questions, and of course, then the Old Testament is just full of them, does Jesus then become the answer to those questions that then we ask further questions of? Yeah, it's, it's, it, and this is where you can kind of go back and forth about how you want to frame that ultimately with Christ. Um, uh, and I, I would say what you have in Jesus is the, is the flesh and blood embodiment 
of what it means to live into faith. Uh, and so I, I, I think the highest watermark of what questions are is the life of faith. Uh, so getting back to the definition I had for that is what Jesus does is he's constantly opening larger questions for us. Every question that he gets asked, he turns it back and say, your question's too small. <laughs> you know, let's, let's expand that. You know, you know the, 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 the lawyer asking him, what must I do to get eternal life opens up the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, I mean, every question that gets asked him, he says, no, you're, you're thinking about it too small. And like he does with Nicodemus, you think about it only in terms of what you can. Let me expand the horizons. Let me pull back the camera and show you just how big this vista is. And why Jesus does that over and over and over again by answering questions with bigger questions is twofold. One, he wants to show us that we need to have a sanctified imagination. Our imagination is too small. But the second thing is by asking a bigger question, we have to lean into him more than our own understanding. And that's the whole goal anyway, is not for us to have an answer where we can walk away, but we have to follow him wherever we go. And that's what that's what the questions that Jesus asks does, is it provokes the life of a follower, not somebody who's just sitting and doing nothing. I love it because it shows that Jesus is not the word. Jesus is not the ultimate Sunday school answer. It's just really the springboard onto bigger and greater questions. Uh, C.S. Lewis has yeah. a quote that just constantly was coming to mind as I'm reading this, and he says, uh, how many hours are there in a mile? Is yellow square yes. or round? <laughs> Probably half the questions we ask and half the great theological or metaphysical problems are like that. We just simply don't have the eyes yet to see where we should, uh, should go, and so these questions help us get there. Um, yeah. So you start off the book with the first question that is actually the first question in the Bible, where are you? So I think that is a really yeah. good fitting question, and, and you, in, this chapter is a little unique in that you break it down. You break each part of that question down in, into its words. Can you walk us through why is that question significant, and then how does that help us discover our own identities in that? Mm, yeah. So in Genesis 1 through 3, you know, in the, in the Torah and the teachings of the Torah, I mean, these three chapters are absolutely seminal for rabbinical teaching and certainly core to the Abrahamic religions as far as what is God doing and who we are created to be, to be and to become. So the man and the woman, you know, in the Hebrew, the Ish and Isha, who are there in the garden, as they are gathering around the person of God and in the midst of, of the garden, um, they uh, become separated from three big things as a result of this disobedience, this turn against God's injunction not to participate in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. First, they separate themselves out from each other, right? So we're told in the scripture in chapter three that they, once they have taken other fruit and they realize that they've now become a disobedient to God's command, they try to cover themselves, right? And we, you know, we talk about fig leaves, but it really is just they try to cover themselves, which is a statement of at the end of intimacy and the beginning of secrecy or privatization, right? So they privatize themselves from each other. Second, they um, then are separating themselves from creation because in the text it says they, they went up into the trees. So they remove their feet from the ground. They're no longer attached to creation anymore. And they try to elevate themselves above it. They try to float above the creation as a way of not having to depend on it anymore. So this, so this is where creation becomes a really important part of reconciliation we'll talk about later. Um, and then the third thing, of course, is they silence themselves to God. They, they're hiding, right? All of this happens, and then God in Genesis uh, 3.9 uh, you know, says this first audible question, which in the Hebrew is Achaia, 
uh, which breaks out in English into three English words, where are you? And what I found so profound when I landed on that is this is the first audible question that God asked to all of humanity, right? There's some there's some dialogue with Adam when he's before he before he has a partner, but this is humanity's big question that begins. And my 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 thesis, and this is what the the rabbis have taught for centuries on this verse, is this is the question that the rest of Scripture is trying to reconcile. If you want to boil everything down to the big question of Scripture and for our lives, it is this. Where are you right now? Where are you in relationship to each other? Where are you in relationship with God? And how are you relate, relating to the provision that God wants to provide you for your life? I mean, then that's the creation question. Are you trying to provide for yourself or allowing God to provide for you? Are you seeking intimacy with other human beings? And where are you in relationship to God? And, and, and the way this breaks out is I kind of do the three, the three words is that in Hebrew, there's a, there's two other words in Hebrew. There's po and hinini that talk about this idea of location. Po is a word that's used for physical location, like a GPS locator, right? I'm in Seattle, Washington right now, right? But hinini is relational, right? Where am I in relation to your heart? Where am I in relation to your spirit? Um, later in the book, I talk about human beings are a lot like walking tuning forks. You know, we strike on the ground and we're waiting for that resonance somewhere to come. And when we find the true resonance in God, we understand what it is to be in tune, right? Or that great hymn, you know, we tune our hearts, you know, to sing God's praise, right? And what you get in this, where are you question is, are you tuned to God's praise? Are you tuned to where God is? And so it's a different type of where, it's a, it's a relational type of where, right? And, and so what, what I talk about in that chapter and why I begin with God's question before we get to all the other questions is every other question then is going to go through the chapters and what God is going to be doing is going to be centered on that issue. The first question God asks humanity is the first question he's asking you today. Where are you? Where are you in relation to where God is? Where are you in relation to what God is doing in you and in the world around you? It's tempting to assume we're always doing our best to follow God. But I want to challenge you today to take a look at where you are. Do the difficult work of wrestling with God's first question, where are you? Take some time and really evaluate the things you do today and how they move you and shape you in relation to God. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship, and the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about what Jeff has to say about questions, check out his book, Live the Questions. 
Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where Jeff talks about our responsibility to those around us. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.